This episode of the Fresh Start Family Show is brought to you by our Quick Start Learning Bundle, how to build a compassionate, firm, and kind discipline toolkit that works with kids of all ages. Head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your Quick Start Bundle so you can get going today on building up a strong, compassionate, discipline toolkit in your home. Well, hey there, families. Welcome back to a new episode. I'm your host, Wendy Snyder, positive parenting educator and family life coach, and I'm so happy you are here listening. So this episode is with Darina Williamson, who's amazing. She's a children's book author who is going to talk to us about a lot of stuff, but one of them is about handing children a legacy of justice and righteousness. And I wanted to air this episode this month because it's Black History Month. Woot woot! Um, I know I'm excited to celebrate it. I'm excited to teach my kids. I'm excited to um, bring books into our home to help me teach my kids about um, the importance of this month, but this is a month where we get to focus our attention on honoring the legacies of so many incredible people of color who have positively contributed to our nation and, and the world. And Darina is a beautiful woman of color who is one of those light spreaders. And she's going to talk to us today about confronting generations of racism and how we can make a difference in our home. So, gosh, I just loved this talk so much um, with her. I, I just love Darina because she is a fierce woman of God. And her husband and her have the coolest, um, very multicultural church in Nashville, which you'll hear her talk about. But it reminds me so much of the church um, we are part of here in San Diego called The Rock. And so I just loved hearing her talk about um, her church and, and what they've built there because it's it's a big deal. Um, but I know you're going to love this episode. She's so wise. She's so inspirational. She just has a huge heart and um, she's so full of wisdom. So without further ado, enjoy this episode. And thank you for listening, families. Um, Please screenshot and share as you're listening to this episode. If you love it, make sure you tag me over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy. And order Darina's books, you guys. It's a great way to honor Black History Month and be a change maker in the way you are raising your kids. Well, hey there. I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, The Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of love and kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart, learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show. Well, hey there, families, and welcome to a new episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. Terry and I are so excited to be here with Darina Williamson. Welcome, Darina. Welcome. I'm so happy to join you all today. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's such a delight. Uh, You guys, listeners, you are going to love this episode where Darina is going to talk to us about handing children a legacy of justice and righteousness, and it's going to be so good. So Darina is a children's author. Many of you might have read her books before, but she has written Colorful, Thoughtful, and Graceful, a series that features diverse ethnicity and shapes perspective on race, disability, and homelessness. Those books are so incredible, Darina. And she's a mom of four. She's passionate about planting seeds of truth for the next generation. And um, tell us more, Darina. What what else are you up to? What is your story? How did you become an author, become passionate about this? I know you and your husband run a church. He's a pastor. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. And actually, this month, is our 25th church anniversary. So oh, it is. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. It is such a sweet season of celebration, um, oh. of course, of reflection. You know, 25 years ago, September 3rd, when we had our very first service in the aerobics room of a YMCA, wow. we had a toddler. You know, our son was uh, a year and a half, and I was pregnant with our oldest daughter, who's now 24. And so I I was pregnant and I was also expectant, you know, I was kind of this dual expectation of, I don't know what this child, you know, I didn't know if I was having a girl, what her life would be like. And starting a multiracial church in 
Franklin, Tennessee, which, you know, our middle Tennessee area has wonderful history. It's a wonderful, charming southern town, but it also um, has a very strong uh, Civil War history. And that that narrative has really been, you know, dominated by, you know, the Confederacy. And and so for God to deposit a, a black couple here and of all things to call us to do something my husband never wanted to be a pastor or church planner. <laughs> no. and, you know, and I'm a PK. And so I, you know, when I said when I got married, I didn't sign up thinking that, you know, I would also, you know, walk this journey with my husband. But God has been faithful to what he called us to do. And, you know, in the midst of that, you know, having that daughter and then having two additional daughters join our family and round us out with four kids. You know, it has just been um, really a wonderful experience doing what we call building God's diverse kingdom. So really, you know, our church's strong tower, Bible church, and and really, you know, heralding this the truth of scripture that um, we can be and we are one in Christ, but we are not the same. So that doesn't mean we're just this blob of oneness that just is, you know, we represent the glory of God in those beautiful ways that he's created us and our cultures, our ethnicities, you know, the different walks of life people come from. And so out of that experience of 25 years now is really where the children's books were formed, Um, you know, doing life with families of different ethnicities and learning their stories and having my heart broken with the things that um, have been painful in their journey and sharing my story, you know, and, and all being able to be around, you know, centered around the work and the person of Jesus. And so doing life and walking that journey is really the wellspring that this treasure chest of stories that God has given me are sourced from. And I am delighted that, you know, people all over the world continue to gain an understanding of the beauty that God, you know, created on us and on our families. Wow. Man. Well, first of all, I got chills, like, when you were speaking, just just hearing about your story and, and what God's called you to do, and it's just um, and so beautiful to hear. I love it. And 25 years, we, um, our church just celebrated 25 years, too, and we really feel blessed to be part of a very multicultural church too, where um, our pastor, Miles McPherson has worked so, you know, he's, he has worked hard to, you know, to, to build that community and that diversity. And it's really a blessing to be part of it. It's not the, it's not the norm, right? It's It's really not. not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not, and it's not easy, you know, and, and multicultural church is intended to be a place of sacrifice. And I think, you know, early on as a young couple, we were very idealistic. I mean, what else are you, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's just the way you are when you're young and you have great dreams and, you know, you just sort of, have this rosy, kind of like when you're newlywed and I, you know, I'm in love and this is just going to be great. And I'm a, you know, I'm a wife now. And then you start, you know, living together and realizing we're very different and, uh, wow, we have to work at this. Right. And I have to sacrifice. It's not about my way and it's not about his way. It's about learning together. And so, you know, it has been a great journey of sacrifice of of following Jesus as he called us to deny ourselves and carrying our cross. Multicultural church is a great place. So a big, big pub for you, you know, you all and myself being a part of those communities and, and, and really encouraging people to, to take that risk if that's something that God's calling them to do. Nice. Oh, I, I love, love it. it. Cool. <laughs> we're we're uh, repeating each other today. I love it. Okay. So, all right. Well, talk to us a little bit um, about our subject matter of the day, um, handling handing children a legacy of justice and righteousness. I love that word legacy, justice, righteousness, all of them. Um, and so specifically, there's you know some things that we had talked about before um, we started recording today that we could discuss. One of them being the challenge and necessity of confronting generations of racism. And then also how we can make a difference by starting in our own homes. So tell us just a little bit more about what we can do um, in this area, Dorena. Well, when we start this conversation, one of the first things that I thought about was um, Deuteronomy 6. And really throughout, you know, those first few books of the Bible, as Israel was being formed as a nation and, you know, God was taking them through the Red Sea to the promised land, unfolding his promises to them. And, you know, 
you know, one of the things that's said is, is when your sons ask you, you know, what do these stones mean or, or what do these decrees mean? You know, explain to them that um, the Lord, you know, gave these to us and we were slaves in Egypt and on and on and on. So you see this rhetoric repeated. And I see there that we as parents are supposed to expect our children to ask us questions. Right. And, you know, most parents would say, of course, especially when they're little and they sometimes ask you over and over and over and you <laughs> kind, of, kind of be like, oh, Lord, my ears are like literally, you know, tingling <laughs> from so many questions battering yes. me. But in subjects like this that can be um, crunchy, to say the least, but but really can be contentious and uncomfortable for a lot of us because it. Um, when we talk about justice and righteousness and we talk about, you know, the the harmful and shameful things in our history, um, many of us would prefer to not have those conversations. And so the first thing I would encourage our parents with is to expect them and even to cultivate them. And yes. you know, we see that here, you know, that God was saying to these parents, your sons are going to ask you these questions and have an answer for them. And don't gloss over that you were slaves in Egypt over and over. I mean, if we read, you know, Deuteronomy, which may not be people's favorite book of the Bible, like the, right. the most read book <laughs> necessarily, but we, we revere and we honor the whole of scripture. And, you know, when we go through this book over and over, there's this theme of your children ask you this, tell them that you were slaves in Egypt, tell them that God delivered you with a mighty hand. And, you know, African-American history has, has always found such um, beautiful, if I could use the word camaraderie with, you know, the, the narrative of the Israelites, especially coming through slavery and that deliverance and, you know, Harriet yeah. Tubman, who's one of our um, most honored, you know, women of, of history. I wouldn't say black Period. history, yeah. total, of, history. Because of, of the courage and the bravery and the sacrifice that it was to, you know, help deliver so many enslaved people. Um, but, you know, she was called the Moses of her people, you know? And so there's always been this treasured, you know, wow, the, the God of, of the Hebrews, a God who delivered people from slavery is the same God that delivered our people. And, you know, interestingly, you know, I, I recently heard about the slave Bible and the fact that there even was such a thing, like, let's create a Bible just for slaves because we only want them to know certain portions of the Bible. And let's conveniently take out all of Exodus and all the passages that talk about deliverance wow. because we don't want them to know that part of God, which is such a wicked thing, right? Just yeah. to think about that. But the power of learning your history and owning it and being prepared to share that with your children. So Beautiful. I encourage parents and I challenge them. We need to own our stories. And often for, you know, as a black mother, often people of color that's embedded in a continued conversation with their children, especially in our U.S. context, because when you are in the, the minority, you know, in a, a, a dominant culture, you know, you have to make sure your children know who they are. They have to own their stories and know their identity and, and, and know that they're precious and valued. Um, and so that's often repeated. You know, I think of Roots and the power of Alex Haley putting that out in the world, um, you know, decades ago. Um, the power of that oral history that was handed down from his African ancestors to him to be able to put that out in the world, you know, and, and, you know, Israelites also, you know, treasure that oral history, that sharing of the story over and over and their festivals and, you know, the commemorations on an annual basis, the feast of this and the feast of that, you know, it was important for them to know their history and it was glorifying to the God who delivered them. And I think for a lot of parents, when they begin to think, well, how do I share our history and our story with their children? particularly for my white friends, I've walked with friends through the pain of how do I talk to my kids about the reality that their ancestors were slave owners. Yeah. They perpetuated horrible things that I'm mm -hmm. ashamed of. And, and so many people would want to just sort of mute those conversations. But that's not what our call is as parents to only talk about comfortable things with our kids. Right. If, if that were the case, we would probably hardly ever talk about sex. Right. or drugs or, you know, <laughs> or alcohol or some of these things that it's critical that our kids get those foundations at home, right? That we are the ones yeah. that um, talk about that before we think they're ready. You know, we don't need to be reactive and, oh my gosh, my kid 
heard about this word. Well, now we need to talk about it. You know, wisdom is getting in front of it and being the one to introduce the subject, being the one to frame the conversation at age appropriate levels. So I just encourage parents to own that responsibility and not shy away from the difficult conversations because in culture today, more than ever, um, we need to be engaging in this with our kids. Yes, absolutely. 100%. I saw a cool thing um, that Dr. Dana Crawford had shared online also about, um, we had her on our show and she was incredible talking about um, raising kids to end racism and it was a beautiful conversation, but she had shared something about like ancestry math and it was so crazy to see how many generations back it it went to just 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 to see it on paper to realize it was it's not that far back to look at what different generations went through right like mm-hmm. whether you have white skin or caramel skin or chocolate skin i love how you write your book about those words i love that vanilla caramel chocolate yeah <laughs> um, but it's it was just really powerful to see that everybody has their own ancestral math and it's not that far removed right to see how much of a difference that makes on a family and yes. um, I'll make sure I find that and put it in the show notes page because it was really, really powerful. It's hard to explain. Um, but yeah, uh, I actually, um, a few weeks ago or a few months ago, had shared, uh, I my, my mom worked really, really hard to, she spent years putting together our family history and she made me these binders. And it has every single piece of, you know, family history and, and death and marriage and you know, um, that you could imagine for both of her sides of her parents. And it was crazy to read these pages about the slave owners. And um, I, I shot a video on it because it was just like, oh my goodness, this is my heritage. And this is, you know, we teach something here at Fresh Start Family called, you know, so we teach about compassionate, grace-based discipline and how um, a makeup is part of that. It's like one little tool you can use to teach kids important life lessons. But a makeup is something you do to um, actually make amends or repair a relationship. And it's not just a, I'm sorry. It's not just like a, oh, whoops, so sorry about that. Cause we know that that is usually for the giver, not so much for the, <laughs> the receiver. Um, but you actually do something to say, hey, this wasn't okay. And I, I, you know, we contributed to it. So it's like this idea of acknowledging what was in your past and what your family may have contributed to. And then what can we do as a makeup, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. even if it's purchasing, purchasing books from, from you and, and making sure we're reading and being diligent to their kids or purchasing books and sharing them in our, our ministry at church to make sure that they are added to the library. Any Anything. Mm-hmm. You can make a makeup small or you can make it big, but I think it does start with acknowledging the history and yes. finding out more about um, what actually happened. And like you said, instead of just glossing over it and thinking you don't need to talk about it. Let's chat for a hot sec, openly and honestly, about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited. Timeouts, spankings, threatening of spankings, taking iPads away, three, two, one countdowns, groundings, taking away toys, e-bikes, iPhones, any or all of those kind of tactics that create a total relationship strain and don't even work long-term to end your child's misbehavior for good. Meaning, you might spank your child or send them to timeout today for being air quotes mean to their sister or disrespecting you, but then three days from now, they're repeating the same misbehavior, which causes you to flip your lid because you know they know better. I want to help you learn a new way so you could end the vicious cycle that's keeping you stuck as a parent and causing you to feel super frustrated that nothing is working to get your strong-willed, stubborn child to behave better. My team and I have recently completely refreshed our Compassionate Discipline Quick Start Learning Bundle to help you learn a new way to teach your kids important life lessons, a new way to help your children learn from their mistakes and take responsibility for their actions. You can just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, and I'll personally send you a message with a link to download this free bundle. 
I'm going to help you shift out of a punishment mindset and into a compassionate discipline one where you fully trust that connection-based, firm and kind discipline tools are all you need to be a strong leader in your home who holds your kids responsible when they misbehave, but does it in a way where they are learning the vital life skills they are missing when they mess up. So again, just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free bundle now. I am so excited for you to shift out of feeling guilty and shameful when you lay your head on your pillow at night and shift into feeling confident and proud of the way you handled yourself as a parent, even when you were wildly triggered and upset about the mistake your child made. Okay, I'm excited for you to dive into this free resource. I'll see you in my DMs and inside the free discipline bundle. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And, and this is uncomfortable. I, you know, I want to acknowledge that, uh, you know, I, I co-lead a Be The Bridge group here locally. And, you know, when we approach the holidays, you know, the discussions are painful for some, again, for some yeah. of my white friends who are thinking, we're going to have conversations at the table at Thanksgiving, and they are not necessarily going to be good. And I realized, you know, as a, as a black sister in Christ, that that's the way I can bear the burden of my white friend, just like, they can help bear my burden when, you know, uh, a, a young man in our community is the victim of, you know, police brutality. And my heart is mourning, even though that's not my son. I feel right. that collective sense yeah. of grief. And my white friend may be completely disconnected from that. But because we're family of Christ, you know, they feel my pain and they, they don't criticize my pain or try to mute it, but they enter yeah. into it with me. And so mm. I just think it's really important, you know, so often when it comes to this topic, um, people want to mute the conversation because it's uncomfortable. And, you know, like you said, Wendy, to have to acknowledge those painful things, you know, some people would say, well, you aren't a slave owner and, and, and Dorena, you aren't a slave. So why are we having this discussion? But when I read my scriptures and I see over and over that, you know, the Israelites were told to continue to remind their children of their history. You know, I don't see any place where yeah. don't tell them that because we don't want them to know that that's a part of our story. You know, it glorifies God. This is the whole story. And, yeah. you know, the whole of the Bible is not all that people did everything that was right. We see so many examples of what not to do, right? We see the Proverbs of wisdom, of of warning. We see so many people who made choices that were tragic and that's, you know, God wrote that as an example for us. And so um, I just think it's really important to unpack those stories and to use those as fuel, like you said, to be able to make amends, to be able to say, yeah. you know, this is part of my family's heritage. And although I personally did not commit these acts, I have certainly benefited from, you know, the profit <laughs> that came from that in some yeah. way, form or fashion. That's just part of our U.S. history. So how do I find ways to amend? How do I find ways to um, help affect change? And, and when we think about that for our children, we have such a powerful opportunity as parents to be the ones to shape that. But how can we do it if we're unwilling to face it and to talk about it? So it really starts with us. It's really a privilege to be the one to shape that perspective. And I remind parents that it's just like the conversations about sex that you have, you know, you yeah. want to be the one to tell your child when they are tiny and you're giving them a bath that God created them beautifully and to remind them that no one is to touch them. And when they go to the doctor that, you know, the doctor yes. is allowed to look at them because mom and dad are with them. And, you know, you want to be the one to shape that from the time that they're young. You don't wait until they're a teenager and they've heard all kinds of junk out in the streets and then you go, oh, I guess we should be talking about this now. Right. You know, wisdom is starting from the time they're little and building those conversations so they're comfortable. So they don't go, oh, I heard my friend say something, but I don't know if I should talk about it with my parents because I never heard that at home, right? Yeah. Like, that's, not, that's not 
the wise, proactive, biblical way to approach something that's so precious as this beautiful gift of sex. And so, you know, when we talk about race, again, parents, you have the opportunity to be the ones to shape that and to leave your children a legacy that says we can be proactive. We get to do the work of justice. And this is how our family is going to do it while you're in our home. And our prayer is that when you leave our home and you launch from this nest, that you have a heritage. Maybe you didn't always feel like participating. Maybe it wasn't always something that you liked, but you're going to see that your parents talked about it, that it wasn't them against us, but yes. this is a way of life for our family. And and we know our children look back and and they they will treasure even the things that weren't comfortable, that were awkward, that they didn't like. But it's it's part of that legacy of doing that good work and that intentionality. And that really starts with us owning the privilege of responsibility that it is. Oh my gosh, I love it. Yes, love you it. mentioned it's not us versus them. Um, our pastor wrote a book called The Third Option that talks about that, right? It is There is no us versus them. We are all made in the image of God and we are unified, right? I love your, um, we're, we are unified in God's diverse kingdom. That's so beautiful. Yes. Well, yes. first off, um, I forgot to mention earlier, oh my goodness, speaking of your kids, they are some of the most beautiful humans I've ever seen in my life. Like they oh. are, so, oh my goodness! <laughs> Did they all have like modeling careers by the time they were? Oh. I mean, they wow. are gorgeous. Well, I, I love to make this note about my girls because it's such a fascinating thing. You know, I, I, I'm the mom that I was a teenager that didn't really like wearing makeup. Like I, I don't have anyone right now. Like you know, I just it's, <laughs> it's kind of like yeah, I guess I should you know maybe cover up some of the bags under the eyes. You know, at my age now. <laughs> turning 50. But as a teenager, I just was sort of careless. And God, in his wisdom and in his humor, decided to give me three daughters who are, are especially my older two daughters, are very artistic. So for them, you know, makeup yeah. and fashion is very, it's very art, artful and they love the creativity behind it. Whereas I don't understand it. Like I still don't get, you know, contouring and Right. Like, did you do anything with your eyebrows? And I'm like, whatever. But you know, God gave me these daughters who are who have these wonderful creative gifts that He endowed them with them, them with. And and I love getting to see them, um, not just enjoy them, but you know, they help their cousins with makeup, and it's it's a it's a lot of fun. Of course, I get to benefit when I have you know professional things that I actually need to look like really really decent. Yeah. Then I'm fumbling. I'm like, um, can Mama? Uh, <laughs> Starbucks, if you'll get up early and just help me make sure that it's all right. So <laughs> yes, I am so grateful, so grateful for oh. the gifts that God's given them and the ways that they get to bless me too. Well, you really, really like seriously, such a beautiful family. You guys are just Thanks. adorable. Thank um, so I love this idea of like, you know, having the conversations, even though they're uncomfortable and um, I think for a lot of us, right, I guess for some of us, that's like, okay, cool. Yeah, let's do it. Let's have these conversations. Like, um, maybe it's part of our personality. Maybe it's just maybe part of our training. But then other times I see such an uncomfortableness and then it actually turns into like opposition. And yeah. this last week, it was so crazy to have us. We, we um, published our first episode on race and I, I it was gnarly the attack like it was within I think 20 minutes we got um, a few emails that were so upset and not only upset that we published an episode even acknowledging that there was racism in the world but they were aggressive uh, immediately I'm unsubscribing this is ridiculous another one um, by even like talking about this stuff you're creating division you're thinking mm -hmm. that you're creating this conversation that doesn't even exist and I know a lot of it is like rhetoric that's been maybe fed, but man, it was really, it was really hard. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we had a neighbor at the time who, you know, I, I was like huffing and puffing. I couldn't believe, I just, my eyes were kind of opened, right? Like I know it's, it's probably, it's almost feels shameful to be like, my eyes are opened. It's like, well, they were, I didn't realize, like I, I knew, but I didn't it was just heavy. And so our, our neighbor was like, will you be able to find empathy for them? And, and after I was huffing and puffing and I came back later and I was like, yes, I absolutely will. And we will keep 
encouraging these conversations. But it's just fascinating, Dorina, that the uncomfortableness is so gnarly. It's like I'm looking forward to just continuing the conversation about why that is. Because my ultimate goal is to like help people get past that. Like, what is that, right? And it's not like we're going to have get be able to understand it all today. Um, but man, it is heavy. The resistance is heavy to even talk about it. Yes, yes. Well, oh. and we know that, unfortunately, so well, um, you know, I, and I, I, my husband and I both were just talking this week as we've been reflecting on, you know, our church and the journey and the calling that God has given to us and realizing that for so many people, you know, again, you all are blessed to be under the ministry of, you know, uh, Pastor McPherson. And, and so, you know, being accustomed to hearing, you know, these things from a biblical perspective, but so many people are not this. It's never even, it's almost like it doesn't exist. Right. It's yes. kind of like the opposite of the slave Bible where, you know, uh, uh, slave owners wanted to keep slaves from knowing those aspects of God that might um, cause them to not want to be enslaved, you know, um, and that was just wicked. Like there was nothing about, about God in that, but, you know, sort of the opposite where, okay, in church, like that stuff has nothing to do with the gospel. Like the gospel is just preaching Jesus and the cross and, and, you know, all that race stuff is, is liberal or whatever, you know, there's always a new, you know, label that gets put on that. And, you know, my husband literally just preached a message this past week about Ephesians 3 and just about, you know, him who's able to do immeasurably yeah. more than we can ask or imagine. You know, we love that scripture in Ephesians 3.20, but he was like, what is it that God, you know, that Paul was leading up to? And and if you go back to the earlier parts of that chapter, it was this whole mystery that in those times was radical, that Jews and Gentiles could become co-heirs. And so it's almost like, you know, when they say just preach the gospel and it's like, this is the gospel, the essence of the gospel. We go through all of the epistles, Galatians talks about it, Ephesians talks about it, Colossians, that Jews and Gentiles who were polar opposites, you know, the Jews were the promised, you know, the people who held the promises and the Gentiles were excluded from all of that. Mm -hmm. But in Christ now, these two groups could be co-heirs and really the, you know, the, the, the biggest hurdle was for the Jews because they had held the power and the promises. And it was like, you mean those people get equal access right. to God? Like, of course they didn't want that. And, you know, when you, you think of, you know, Galatians, you know, three, that talks about, you know, there's no Jew or Greek, there's no slave nor free. There's no male and female. If we're all one in Christ, you know, that so often people like to use that scripture to say, well, we're one. So why, you know, why do we have to talk about this? But you know, when Chris and I got married and we became one flesh, as scripture talks about, that didn't mean that I stopped being a female and a black woman and he stopped being a male and a black man. And right. you don't see us and go, well, here comes the Williamsons. No, you're not Chris. You're not Dorena because y'all are one, right? <laughs> right. No, I'm still, I'm still Dorena and he's still Chris. And the longer we've been married, the more we realize we laugh about how different we are. Like, well, we are so different. We're our 29th year. We keep yes. discovering how different we are. We're the same racially. Like we have so many things similar in our backgrounds, but we are so, we oh are so dissimilar. And it's so funny. And, <laughs> and my husband literally walked by as I was talking, like, what is she saying about me on this podcast? That's amazing. I thought it was like a, it was like a great Dane. He's I was like, like, you've got a great Dane back there. It's your husband crawling behind the couch. He just was like, let me go by as he's walking out the door to head to church. Oh, listeners, <laughs> I wish we would have screenshotted that. I know. Amazing. That would have been so funny. Like, and while she's talking about him, he's over there going, what yeah. is she saying? Always watching. <laughs> Always. <laughs> But I, I love that, you know, I would love for your listeners to go and look at that verse, you know, especially if they're listening to this and they are feeling, you know, a, a sense of discomfort if there are people who didn't unsubscribe and they they, they decided to listen yeah. again and they're hearing this and they're going, you know, why is this even being talked about? I would invite them to go read, you know, Galatians three twenty eight and read it in several translations and really think about that analogy that I just gave about oneness and, and marriage because we are yeah. one. And that means we have a common enemy. And that means we we don't fight each other. You know, we fight the enemy. Um, we're united front. Our kids know you don't play mom against dad. Well, mom said, no, I'm going to go to dad. No, we're one. 
So yeah. we're a team. Um, but that doesn't mean that I've ceased being Darina and he ceased being Chris, a man and a woman. We are we are still our individual unique selves that God created, but we're one team. And so Paul's you know, idea here was that for the Jews who didn't want the Gentiles to be brought near, scripture is clear that that is the gospel, that the dividing wall was broken down. So the two are now in the same family and, you know, for slave or free, you know, for the free, they didn't want to consider slave. You mean the slave? I don't get to see her or him as beneath me. Like we're co-heirs in Christ. Like that was radical and that was uncomfortable, but this is what God declared. And then, you know, there's no male or female. Again, that wasn't to, to broad brush away those sexual identities and differences, but it was to say men no longer have, you know, this, this hierarchy over women to put women down that in Christ, this new body, all of us come together, but we do retain our distinctives. And I think that's the hurdle that's so hard that if it's ever been talked about, it's sort of been whitewashed with, we're just all one. And so don't talk about the differences because if we don't talk about them, they don't exist. And that's where it gets crunchy because those differences, especially our racial and our ethnic differences, you know, in our history, they have perpetuated, um, you know, systemic things that are still um, unjust today, but that's the, that's what people don't want to see. So um, again, our Christian calling is not to be comfortable. It's not to carry um, a, a badge of, let me just, have an easy life. No, we are clearly called to carry a cross. Yes. <laughs> we're clearly called to deny ourselves. And if we stop preaching that, we have completely lost the truth of the gospel. So, you know, it's 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 just about us believing the gospel and speaking the the gospel and asking God to show us how to continue to communicate what he um what he declared for us all that it's supposed to be good news. Um I just don't think it's been preached um, and I think politics and, you know, people have formed their opinions for their own comfort. And uh, Chris and I are all about we've been called to crusade against that. And it's not easy. Beautiful. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, that's, that's our calling. So we're not going to quit until we stop breathing on this side and cross over to the other side of eternity. Mm, that's amazing. I, I mean, gosh, there's so many things that you're saying right now that are that are hitting me and um, are so beautiful. You know, I think. Um, it can be harder for some than others to really try to, you know, walk in somebody else's shoes or see it, you know, how, um, how they see it. But I think the, you know, potentially even harder thing to do, but the thing that God's calling us to do is to, um, imagine how he sees us, you know, and if he was to sit in the room with you and your kids, he would say, I love them all regardless there's just nothing but love and i've called them to love one another and there is no but in that like or except in that um when jesus said to you know uh love your neighbor you know and that and that that was such you know held in high regard for him when asked about it um so it's like you know for and then also you know when you talk about the you know delivering you know the deliverance of um, you know, you know the, the parallel that you drew um, between delivering slaves out of slavery, um, it's like, I think for, you know, for us, and I think it's, I think it's amazing, Wendy, that you've, you know, um, been able to share also like your heritage and the things that you're jammed up about it, because God also, he, he changed our hearts. Yeah. He changed people's hearts. Yes. So, you know, our testimony um, to our kids can be in the form of, we're not going to hide the the struggles of um of the slave that has been coming out of slavery and we're also not going to hide the fact too that you know god has changed our hearts and delivered us into a place to where we can stand alongside of them yes and try to see all of us the way god sees us yes as brothers and sisters that should bear each other's you know burdens and highs and lows yes and and that's that's where our family's called to be a part of that not a part yeah. of, um, you know, whatever blindness was going on to, like you said, the, the wickedness that would make people think that um, they are somehow um, not invited 
into um, God's kingdom in the same mm-hmm. form or fashion that somebody mm-hmm. else would be. Families, I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I'd love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, respecting rules, all those things, why that feels good as a human being. We want to do those things um, in ways that cause our children to want to respect us, not just because they're scared of us or a consequence. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you inside this program. So again, head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind to learn more. But in under an hour, this program will teach you some really effective strategies on how to create agreements with your kids instead of compliance statements, which is where a lot of parents go wrong and why their children don't end up respecting the rules or the agreements that they've made. And then I'm going to teach you how to use empathy. I'll teach you how to engage your kids' critical thinking skills when you tell them to do something and they say no. And then I'm also going to encourage you to understand how to empower your children. When children feel empowered, especially strong-willed kids, they will cooperate a whole heck of a lot easier, okay? So I want you to go learn about this program and let me know if you have any questions, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. And you know, I, I'm sitting here almost trembling, thinking of the power. If parents would take this mantle to think of the power of God and their power of redemption to be able to share with your children that, you know, this was, this was a part of our family story. And and it's shameful. And I'm grateful that we don't have to continue that. You know, there's a scripture that I love in Psalm 145, four, that says one generation will commend your works to another. And so, you know, I, I see this like baton, like what do we get to hand to our children? And, you know, when I see some really painful pictures from, from decades past of lynching. Yeah. I see children present. Wow. And so what that says to me is that parents wanted their children to get the value, the shameful, the horrific, horrific value of black life not mattering, that that men and women were were treated like uh, even worse than than property, you know, that they were hung and that these horrible, shameful things were done. It's just, it's almost too hard to even comprehend, but it is fact, yeah. right? Yes. And, and when I see those pictures and I see children, that tells me that even in those past generations that we want to say things weren't so bad and we shouldn't be more like them, you know, we want to talk about the, the progress and you know, how, you know, things are moving so fast and people want to, you know, always go back to the charming way things used to be. Well, the way things used to be where children were brought to lynchings, where that was like a family, like this was a community event. Let's go and watch this black image bearer be lynched. And so a generation is going to hand values down. And the question is, what are we going to hand to our children? And it's intentional work. Yes. And if, we, and if we aren't speaking about it and if we are brushing it under the carpet, if we're muting the conversation, we're still handing down values. You need to know that you're handing yes. down that we don't talk about this and that we're silent. And you're also leaving your children open to 
all sorts of demonic and you talk about divisive. You're leaving your kids open because philosophies are waiting to grab them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, when we see teenagers perpetuate horrible things, you know, as we've seen in our recent history and you go, you know, people always want to say, well, what did they get? What did they learn at home? Did their parents teach them to be racist? Well, possibly. Certainly parents teach their children. We see in in you know, pictures of lynching that parents were handing their children tools of racism. They were saying, yeah. we value this and we value it so much we want you to see it. But this is how we view black image bearers. We don't even see them as image bearers, right? right. Um, and so if you're not talking to your children, you're leaving them open for all kinds of stuff to come at them. Even if you you teach them at home and you keep a very um, you know, close you know, rain on, on their sources and what they're getting... You know, it's going to happen. I mean, I have preschoolers in my church who live in the suburbs who have had kids say on the playground. These are three and four year olds. They have had kids say to them, I don't play with brown. Wow. So, you know, and you go, well, did their parents sit and tell them we don't play with brown kids? Well, I don't know. Maybe they did. Probably yeah, not a little bit. Yeah. But but what did those kids hear? What were their parents saying on the phone with their friends? What were right. they watching? How are they talking about people? And you know, people would say, Well, kids just say the darndest things, you just never know. But that's proof that they're picking things up. And if you're yes. not talking to your children and you're not being intentional and proactive to introduce and to give them a foundation of justice and righteousness at home, then you're leaving them open for all of these things that are gonna come at them. And it's going to shape their perspective because you were silent or you were muting or you were uncomfortable. So I I hope that the listeners are hearing a loving (laughs) challenge from me to say, please, you know, introduce the conversations, use books. I would love for my books to be a part of that. They have great conversation um, tools at the end where you can continue to build on, you know, the things that you learn in the books, but certainly movies are a great way at every age that your children yeah. are. They're wonderful resources, um, that continue to be made available through technology tools, through local museums, you know, um, when you're thinking about your family trips and your travel, once we get out of COVID, you know, we just took our kids a few weeks ago, down three hours south to Selma and Montgomery, Alabama. Oh, I saw that. Amazing. And, and, uh, you know, they'd been when they were young. um, And then one of our daughters went with our youth ministry last year. But we just felt like it was something that we wanted to experience as a family. And we just took a quick weekend trip, found a hotel we could afford and, and planned our eating budget and just got in the car. And, you know, with adult and teenage children, the conversations were much different than if they wow. were in elementary age. But these conversations continue and they're important. And you can do things like that, that create, they're going to start asking questions as they're looking at things, as the tour guides are explaining things um, as you prepare them for it. You know, so those are great ways again, to be intentional in our day-to-day life, to build foundation, to frame the perspective for your kids so that you are handing them a baton, a legacy of justice and righteousness. Oh my gosh, so good. I love it, Jarena. Yeah, and you know, it's like, I've thought about this subject too of how, um, you know, there, there are areas that I think feels like, you know, I will hear, you know, people say, um, well, we've come a long way, right? Like, things are a lot different now. We don't have that anymore. And, you know, just having the conversation and listening is the biggest thing that I think is so important right now to hear, yes, it does. And yes, it is still there. And this is takes, like, just like it, it might have been, there might have been a lot that were generations past. Well, it takes generations to heal and we can be at choice of whether we contribute to the healing or not, but it doesn't just go away. The pain and the, the sorrow and the values being handed down, whether you like it or not from your community, from like they get handed down and that takes just like it took, you know, generations to hand down. It takes generations to heal. And by having these conversations and being so intentional and purposeful, you are deciding to be part of the healing, to contribute in however you can to be part of the healing process. And that will take 
quite some time. I mean, God's yep. powerful. He can do it yeah. in, a, in a day and, and it's a journey. It's a journey, yeah. right? So that, that, that's right. That's oh. right. Yeah. I mean, it, to your point, it's like you have a choice and an opportunity with your family. How big of a step do we want to take in this generation with this gift that we've been given to, to heal and to do something for the kingdom? Or do we want to just kind of turn our head a little bit and say, I think it's good enough. Yeah. And I, and I think if you look inside your heart, you're going to, you're going to choose the first. I I think any, anybody that, you know, has any kind of, um, concept or connection with, um, a greater purpose for this opportunity they've been given would choose that every time. Yes. And if you're even slightly aware of the things that are going on in our culture today, um, you know, it continues to be evidence that, yes, things have come a long way. But I, I often say, you know, we've passed laws, but laws do not change people's hearts. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we must stay on our knees asking God to heal our land. And, you know, we love to go back and quote, you know, that scripture, you know, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. And I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and will heal their land. You know, Mm. that passage that we love to state, it starts with humbling ourselves and praying. And so a lot of us want to, want to skip to, if we even acknowledge that their brokenness is there in our land, we want to skip to, you know, well, it's better than it used to be. When scripture tells us that we're supposed to be, Starting and staying at humbling ourselves and praying. And, you know, Wendy, you get just a great reminder of listening. Um, I, I am so grateful for the things I have learned simply by closing my mouth. Yeah. And if there's anything that I need to mute, it is my assumptions and my bias. You yeah. know, so I need to be canceling those. I need to be asking the Holy Spirit on a daily basis to search my heart. Check me, Lord. Am I approaching this person or this community with a bias? Talk about what's been handed down. You know, maybe my parents had a negative influence with a certain group of people. And because they had that, you know, bad experience, they've handed down to me that all those people are that way. And, you know, we know that a lot of the that comes from fear. It comes from a lack of proximity. Yeah. Um, you know, I talk about, you know, a, a sweet boy that, that had Down syndrome and thoughtful as a way to help parents teach their kids that kids that have differences are a part of us, that we are all, you know, Scripture talks about us being one body in Christ. So, you know, approach those differences with curiosity and um, and with an, with an empathy and a willingness to learn about what's unique about that person. And so, again, these are values that we need to be handing to our kids, but, but the hardest work starts with us. Um, yeah. Yeah. We can acknowledge that we have bias, acknowledge where it comes from, repent of it, keep checking it, and then approach you know the opportunities to learn with, with listening. Um, we will gain so much. We might find that our fears were so unfounded. Uh, we might find a lot of things we have in common, actually. Yes. Um, and then we're going to learn how to share one another's burdens. So, you know, once you have a friend of that ethnicity or that cultural background and you hear about people who share that and their pain and all of a sudden you're thinking about your friend. They're not just those people. They're my people. They're my community. You know, my kids are in school with them or we go to church together or we were our kids play soccer together, um, you know, or what have you. And so we have such a great opportunity. Um, I really have hope for the people of God. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a church girl. I'm a first lady. So I, I largely speak to my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And, yeah. and I remind us that we are one body, but we're different parts. You may be the eye and I may be a hand. And Paul tells us that both of us are important and valuable to the body. And if anything, you as the eye and me as the hand, we really need to be given value to the kidney and the heart and those parts we don't see, right? Yeah. And so, you know, we need to stop with that name calling or putting down the eye because, well, they're just the eye. They're smaller than me. I'm a hand. No, the eye has a valuable purpose and I have a valuable purpose too, but let's make sure we're giving the best honor to those invisible and unseen parts because that's 
that's what scripture teaches us. And um, remember that we're, we're a part of one body and we have an amazing head and that is Christ. And um, if there's division being created, it's because um, we are putting down our fellow body parts and mm. we need to remember that and repent of forgetting that we're part of one. We're part of one. Yes. Also beautifully said. What a great analogy about the the body parts. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, Darina, gosh, what a wonderful conversation. Um, we are. Are your books? Um, are your books available on Amazon? They are. They are okay, available perfect. wherever books are sold. Um, okay. So folks can get them on Amazon. Um, there are some select WalMarts that I've been told that that uh, is going to be having them on some end caps, which is super exciting. Wow, so that's, that's yeah, they're going to be accessible even that way. Like, that's thank you, Jesus. Mm. Um, Jesus. But wherever books are sold, so of course, people can go to lifeway.com um, and grab them as well. Um, so I and I love, love, love seeing posts of kids with the books. It just it fills <gasps> yes. me with so much joy. So I always say that to parents. If your kids um, read the books or engage with them and it's something that you're comfortable doing, just you know, tag me. I'm on all the socials, but just tag me in it. And I'll, um, I try to do my best to respond to every, every one of those, but they fill me with such joy and they just show me how God is, is using these messages to shape those young hearts. And that's, that's what I'm here for. Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, we are going to make sure that we add all three of your books to the Fresh Start Family shop page, which is like our little curated shop over on our website. Um, And we'll make sure we put that link in the show notes page. And listeners, go get Darina's book. She has Graceful, Thoughtful, and Colorful. So Graceful is about um, having a heart that cares for our neighbors, right? A Thoughtful is about the unique gifts in each of us. And then Colorful is about embracing all of the different colors. And I, like I said, I love how it's chocolate and vanilla and all these different shades that God has so beautifully designed us with. And they're just incredible books. If, um, you know, uh, if you don't, if you would rather get them from your library, um, tell your library if they don't have them to request them, ask your children's ministry to add them to the collection of books at church. Um, and then let's tag Darina, you guys, let's blow up Darina's Instagram feed with tagging her with your kids reading these books. And um, what a blessing to hear that that lights up Darina's heart. So let's do that listeners. What do you say? Any other um, points that you want to any other places you want to point our listeners to as far as events coming up or anything? or is that good? Oh, well, this fall, I'm going to be speaking um, in a couple of weeks. I'm delighted to be a part of a wonderful conference for parents, um, just giving them um, some encouragement. Uh, the Christian Christian Parent Imperfect Parent Conference, which is um, so fun. That's going to be uh, uh, October 23rd and 24th. And of course, that's virtual. Um, and then um, I'll also be a part of a great conference a little later this month online. It's a, a publishing in color. They're having a children's um, publishing conference, and that's really for educators, librarians, um, anyone who's passionate about kids and books. Uh, so I uh, am excited about getting to talk about representation and just multi-ethnic inclusion in kids' books um, through that. And uh, so, yeah, grateful for, you know, the virtual pivots of conferences and getting to come into people's living rooms or kitchens or wherever they'll they'll sit and enjoy and uh just grateful to get to share those messages uh you know people are welcome to connect with me on my website darinawilliamson.com and uh if there's any way that i can serve them or if they you know give you some feedback or want to pass them over to me i i will do my best to you know encourage and um just continue to dialogue we, we can grow together we absolutely can grow together Absolutely. Love it. Oh, thank you so much, Darina, for being here. God bless you. God bless your heart. God bless your ministry. God bless your church. We are so grateful for your time and for your heart and for um, having this talk with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. And God bless your beautiful work. I'm so grateful to be a part of it today. For links and more information about everything we talked about in today's show, head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 71. For more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day.
All right, listeners, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. As we wrap up here, don't forget to DM me the word shift or head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free discipline quick start learning bundle. You'll get immediate access to download our extensive learning guide where I'll share five ways you can ditch the old school hand-me-down punishment mindset beliefs and thoughts that are causing you to react like a volcano instead of respond like the firm, kind, respectful teacher you are at your core. And then you'll also get immediate access to my on-demand workshop where I'll teach you our three core Fresh Start family strategies that make up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit, as well as my favorite logical consequences that not only work with kids of all ages, but do wonders to unite you with your child and strengthen your relationship, even in your kid's worst moments. So pop on over to Instagram right now and just shoot me a DM with the word shift and I'll send you a personal link to download that bundle right away. Or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to get access immediately. All right. Thanks for listening and I'll see you inside that free bundle and also inside the next episode.